I'm Lindsay Alt, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Mining City Minutes. Today we have Samantha Patrick from the Health Department. She is the Chronic Disease Program Specialist with our county, and she's going to be telling us about all the programs that they offer down there and basically what she does in her role. So welcome, Samantha. Thank you for having me. What I do is I run our breast and cervical cancer screening program. Along with that, I also run our tobacco education program, tobacco prevention program. So I work a lot with youth and also women. The tobacco program I've been doing for about three years now. I'm a little bit newer to the cancer program. I've been doing that for about a year but we are making a lot of progress with it, which is exciting. We're, you know, obtaining a lot more outreach, awareness of what we do and what um, resources we can offer. So it's definitely been an exciting role. You're talking about the screening programs. Are those free programs or how do those work? The breast and cervical cancer screening program, um, it is income-based. So they compare it to 250% of the poverty level. But that is also for women who are uninsured or underinsured. We also are lucky enough to have a local fund. So that has been donated over the years. As you know, Teresa Dennehy ran the program before mm -hmm. I did for quite a while. And this is just years of collected funds. So even if, you know, say a woman's just a little bit over income or, you know, her insurance will cover this but not cover that, we are still able to help in that way. And so I also cover five other counties with this program. So it's Madison, Beaverhead, Granite Powell, and Anaconda Deer Lodge. I do a lot of outreach and just trying to raise awareness to get women screened, you know, and let them know that there is resources out there because, yeah, a lot of insurance will cover a normal mammogram, but what if you have to have further diagnostic, you need an ultrasound, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes insurance won't cover that. So just really getting out there, raising awareness and letting women know that there is programs that will help so they will follow up with their screenings. Oh, that's great. So they can do, you know, walk-ins or is it a call? Is it appointment-based? Yeah. So um, I actually partner, too, with the mobile mammogram for Intermountain Health. And we do a lot of events, especially in those counties, but they've been all over Montana. They do a lot of local events, too. I work very closely with 3D mammography and also St. James Imaging. But really, any of the counties, they'll see if they qualify for the program, they'll call me, and then we find a place where they can go, you know, and get a mammogram, have some follow-up. The goal, too, with this mobile mammogram and to get it out there more is that we're reaching those more rural communities, you know, where people aren't as apt to go out and get a screening because it's kind of out of their way. It's like, you know, they don't want to drive. Goal is to really make those rounds and make it more available. That's a great program to have, especially with those underserved communities right? and those, you know, populations that are lower income and that are underinsured. Right. So what I've just really been trying to do is when I talk to women about the program, they're like, oh, yeah, well, a mammogram's a mammogram. That's great. You guys do that. But like, what if I have to have further stuff? So just really raising awareness because a lot of people don't know that our program does more than just a mammogram you know, further diagnostics, more testing, all that kind of stuff. I've really been working in the community in like those local areas to just raise as much awareness as I can. 
we're getting forms set up that will eventually make a poster, but we'll have a QR code. So that enrollment form will be right there. And then it will send me a notification. I can call them. So that's been exciting. And partnering with Mobile Mammogram has been amazing. So it's been cool to go to these smaller communities. Sheridan's been awesome. I mean, we've gone quite a few places. And as the word gets spread and as we keep going on, it's starting to grow. So it's really cool to see. The more people use it, I'm sure that's going to contribute to more funds that we will have for others. And the fact that I didn't even realize that it's more of a wraparound service and not just a mammogram. And yeah, that's it. That makes it a wonderful program. to have. Yeah. And that's what I am trying to raise the most awareness about is because they do just think, you know, which I would think the same thing, too. You kind of hear about that and you just think it's like, oh, maybe a pap or maybe just a mammogram. But we cover way more than that. And so I know a lot of women are kind of even scared to come out and get mammograms because they're worried about what if there is follow up. Like my insurance, like I said, would cover, you know, a lot of insurance will cover that. But like further stuff, it won't having that awareness and I always leave stuff with communities and everything I leave my cards I'm like if you have any questions at all please feel free to call because I'd rather have you have a question answered than wondering and not do something about it so yeah so it's just trying to raise all that awareness and get as many women screened as we can so where would you go to find the statistics on some of our women's health issues such as cervical cancer and breast cancer so the best place to go like right now would be dphhs And when you're going on there and on that website, basically Montana as cancer coordinators or, you know, working is split up into 15 regions and we all cover, you know, more than one community usually. And there's stuff. So say you're, you know, looking for someone that you could connect with locally, they have a map of Montana and you see like your county, you click in that area, it will tell you who is like the cancer coordinator there, their information. You can go, there's so many resources, just a list of resources, providers in that area. And I think that's also kind of an underlooked website, you know, that people don't really know about, but there is that. So I always try to offer, I give out pamphlets and stuff like that. When I go, people sometimes just like to talk on the phone it's easier but some people are all about websites Mm -hmm. resources they can print off and they have tons and tons of information on there and we'll definitely get those links from you and put those in the podcast so people know where to go to get more information and resources that we do offer whether it's with our health department which you can find our information through our website at Butsurbo or DPHHS right so if you want to talk about the tobacco prevention and program you know what do you guys do with that program and who do you reach Yes. So that program is so near and dear to my heart. It's been great. So I I do a lot of um, presenting in schools. And up until just recently, I was able to present in the middle schools and high schools. And you do freshman and sophomore health classes because after that, they usually don't have health classes. I also help, like I said, with the tobacco class up at SMART that, you know, the youth attend if they receive an MIP for vaping, tobacco products, anything like that. And I'm just seeing younger and younger kids all the time. I mean, it's just crazy to me. And I've actually had some school nurses over the last year and a half reach out to me about the problem in the elementary schools and, you know, finding kids with vapes, whether it's theirs or they took it from a sibling, they're trying to, you know, show it off or anything like that. But we need to start these prevention presentations younger and younger. And so I have this year started to do elementary school presentations also, fifth and sixth so far we're hoping maybe as it goes on maybe a little bit younger you know where we can really start raising awareness and I've been going through the elementary schools and it's been it's really enlightening like these kids just 
I mean, have so many questions and even the kids like you don't think just because they're so young, but they all know about it. They're exposed. It's like their parents, their siblings, their friends. I mean, so that has been really eye opening to me and it's been like really rewarding because I'll have kids come up to me and even if it's just one or two kids come up to me and be like, that was really awesome. I'm going to talk to my sibling about it. I'm going to tell my mom. And I always tell them, I'm like, you guys can find me at the health department. I have resources. I'm there. I can talk. I can help. Anything I can do. If somebody's wanting to make that quit, we are planning some fun events. In March, we have the color run that is for the youth, not only the youth, but we also, the volunteers usually come from the high schools, elementary schools, middle schools, and that's been really awesome. So we're trying to get these pro-social substance-free events available that these kids and their families can attend, and you can have fun without doing stuff like that. I love working with the youth. They are definitely some of my favorite groups to work with. They they keep you humble. Oh, I'm sure. I. I've worked with youth in the past, and they are definitely interesting. And, you know, especially the younger kids, they're just sponges, and they want to know. They want to soak up this information. Where do you think these younger children are usually getting their vapes and their tobacco products from, like the elementary? I know that high schools, you know, they're different. But what about, you know, these younger kids that are starting at an earlier age now? Yeah, so it's kind of really eye-opening, especially, you know, when I do that tobacco class and – I ask these kids, you know, where they're getting them or, you know, some of them say a sibling. A lot of them say, you know, an older sibling or a friend might have an older sibling that gets it and they share kind of that. But I've also been told more often than not, uh, these kids are also receiving them from parents that their parents will get this product for them if they agree to go to school, if they try to get better grades. So that was really eye-opening for me and that there's got to be some level of accountability. Mm -hmm. So where would there be a good place for maybe parents to reach out for resources to help with their children being proactive instead of waiting until they see you on a you know, smart level or one of those kind of MIP situations? I have a ton of, ton of information. We also have some really great resources, like Montana's very lucky. So we have the Montana quit lines that are specific to us. For the youth especially, I talk a lot about this. It's called My Life, My Quit. And it is a youth-based quit line. And it's, I mean, you can talk with your coaches, you can text, email you can call it is 100% anonymous you don't give them your name your birthday anything like that kind of at first when you talk with these kids there's like there's got to be a catch there's you know there's no way that my parents won't find out or scared to use it but it absolutely is 100% anonymous and what's cool about that too is these some of these coaches on there are youth also and they have used these products or quit using like it's not oh so it's peer support yeah it's like a peer support thing and like I've talked with kids who have used it and had really great luck with it and maybe they just want to reach out and kind of feel and see where they're at maybe they're not ready for that yet but just kind of getting their foot in the door but I am always available I try to give as much information to the community as I can I at the health department have tons and tons of resources not just for youth but for parents for teachers and for tobacco cessation I'm sure as well Mm -hmm. what do you find I know that you're very uh aware of protective factors and things like that. So what, in your opinion, are the best protective factors for these kids to prevent them from going down this road in the first place? What do you find that are the highest? I've found that I really find that raising the awareness and being brutally honest with them about 
these products not trying to sugarcoat it it's like this it's a huge problem in silver bow county and we're seeing it increase in montana and it's just you want them to have every resource they can and all the knowledge so they can make these decisions i mean it blows my mind when i do these presentations and you know a lot of kids are already exposed if not trying the product but those kids who their mouths just drop this is so scary and like Mm -hmm. so not trying to like hide it from them and just giving all the information that they can have and i think just that exposure is much better than trying to shelter and like keep them from that because that's when you know you really see a problem down the road it's just you know be involved Right. Be involved with your kids. Be involved with who they are hanging out with. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I not only, you know, obviously give presentations to youth and I just met with Butte Pediatric Dentistry and I talked with a dentist because they see a lot of kids, you know, and the staff there. And we were just kind of talking and like after we had talked, we had like a little bit of an open discussion and they were talking to me and they were like, oh, my God, like I did not know this was that big of a thing you're either very aware or you don't really know what's going on and it's not their fault we need that education even I think a lot of parents and are unaware of what's really going on in these schools mm-hmm. you know and it, I mean kids have so much more access to things now thank goodness like vaping was not a thing when I was in high school and all that but I just can't believe and gosh all the different flavors and just how... well, I think they're marketing specifically oh, to, to youth, youth. Absolutely. absolutely I mean yes. as of right now there's 16,500 different flavors wow so and I mean these vapes are there's gummy worms fruit roll-up I mean it's specific marketed towards these kids and Mm -hmm. it's funny because I present and these kids are like how can they do that how can they do this to us and I'm like this is like how tobacco companies are like they they want a customer for life like cigarettes are not appealing to this young generation so they need a product that's going to so they can make their money Wow, that's just, that's terrifying how many flavors and how hard they're hitting this specific demographic. And I know even, but some of the high school kids I know, and I've heard a lot of stories that you have ones that are chewing now and they have all the flavors with the chew, and but then they're smoking. Oh, and now add a vape to it. So it's not just one or the other. And I think that's the scariest part is when you don't get the education they need when they're younger, then it's harder to break that. So when a kid does come to you in high school and they do want to quit how does that kind of process work for some of these kids that maybe are struggling and they're not quite sure where to turn to get help I with the high school kids especially they're kind of quiet until after the presentation's over and then some of them will pull me aside maybe and you know just like ask me and it's kind of, it's really sad and I, I get it you know they're they're unaware of like what's going on and what these products really are and what the whole thing is but some of them don't even realize they're addicted mm-hmm. like they they kind of get nervous when I talk about things because after they're like, that's me. They're like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I will look for my vape. Or if I wake up in the morning and I don't have that right away, I'm irritated. I'm angry. And I'm like, that's addiction like that. And, you know, there's withdrawal symptoms. Some of one of the kids was telling me, he's like, yeah, if I like wait too long, I get like shaky and like almost opening their eyes to that. That is addiction and it, it, it is an addictive substance. And so I always start with is, well, how do you want to approach it? Do you, are you comfortable talking with your parents? And a lot of these kids aren't because they're scared to get in trouble and all that. I always offer the quit lines because those coaches, I mean, they're so trained. They're great. I even say if, you know, if you have a physician 
that you feel comfortable talking to or a friend or someone at school just to start the process. And I always tell them, I'm like, I'm so easy to find. You could find me at the health department. I would love to help you. I can give you resources. We can talk if you need you know, some time because a lot of kids, you know, it's scary. Addiction's a scary thing. Mm -hmm. Making it known that there is resources out there for them. Maybe they're not ready to right now, but those resources will be out there. They do have people they can lean on. I'm all about, I want to help them. If they want help, I would gladly help them. So just that they know that there is support out there and people care. Well, we have, I think we have, like you said, we have great resources at community health with doctors there with right. you know nurse I mean those kind of people that are trusted adults they could turn to and that might even help and encourage them to bring in a parent because I think that is important to I think some of them still think it's it's you know not a bad it's a healthy alternative it's mm-hmm. not really you know and I hear the kids say that and maybe you could explain some of the effects that the vape has that I think some people that are younger are no this isn't as bad as smoking I hear that a lot and I I know myself that that is not true, but maybe if you could explain some of the effects and, you know, the addiction potential is the same for smoking. It's actually, shockingly, is um, much higher than smoking. The way they advertise this, and it was, you know, brilliant. They got these people so hooked so fast on this product, one of the fastest growing products. I mean, in 13 years, they've made an unbelievable amount of money off these products and so vaping delivers such a high level of nicotine to your body at once and straight to your brain that a cigarette does not and so especially with vapes I mean you can smell them for a minute but it's a lot easier to get away with I mean you can't just be in school smoking cigarettes or you know you have to step outside to smoke a cigarette and stuff where these kids and like wherever they are they're at a friend's house they're just vaping over and and it's just constant they have it in their hand constantly and the level of nicotine is so much higher I actually today when I talk about it so most of these vapes are like advertised as there's five percent nicotine and so I'm you know I always ask the kids I'm like what do you guys think that means and they're like well five percent's not that bad out of a hundred and I'm like well that actually means there's 50 milligrams of nicotine and to put it into perspective one milligram of nicotine is equal to one cigarette so in that one vape that's equivalent to 50 cigarettes or two and a half packs wow and i didn't even know that i always wondered the concentration yeah. and the levels that is absolutely yes. terrifying and with their addiction potential there right and like the scary thing is i mean they're finding just how harmful they are in just such a short amount of time whereas we st- i mean we've had 120 years of information for cigarettes we know how harmful they are But like I try to tell these kids, I'm like, imagine 10 years, 15, 20 years down the road, what they're going to know about this product and the lung injuries, popcorn lungs, a big thing. Also, I think it's important to explain to these kids that smokers who quit smoking after time, they can start to repair some of that damage in their lungs. It's not going to be like what it was before. Vaping, if you get injuries to your air sac, that never goes away. That is there permanently. So I always try to stress that too, that yeah, you know, you might quit and you know, you'll start to feel better and all that. If you have a serious lung injury because of vaping, like which a lot of kids around here have had, we've seen a ton more hospitalizations around, I mean, everywhere with these young kids with all these problems and that doesn't go away. And it's so concentrated in such a high level of nicotine. It's much more addictive and like a lot easier to get addictive to. And like I said, they have an insane amount of flavors. So, I mean, one of those is going to appeal to you, you know. So and it's not the smoke anymore. It's, oh, the taste and it's fun and it's mm-hmm. flavored and it's not really that bad. I right. can see. 
all the fun flavors. Who wouldn't want that? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're smart with the marketing, but I think we need to be smarter with diversion and like you said, just being honest. Right. You know, like you said, just the prevention models that we're using in the education and the kids are, I think, smarter than past generations as far as, you know, getting access to everything on their smartphones. And but at the same time, I don't think they realize that that knowledge is there and they're not using it. Right. They are still doing the same thing as smokers do. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's that if it's not right in your face damage it's down the road, you know, as you know, teenagers are very short-sighted yes. with everything. And I think that's one of the big problems with kiddos is, you know, short-sighted. They look at it as it's just like, I mean, everybody's doing it. So like, you know, they kind of look at it in that sense and there's a flavor for everyone. Their friends are doing it. It's like this thing. But before you even know it, you're using it more and more frequently. And that's what a lot of kids say to me, especially the older kids who I you know, get to talk with and stuff like who don't even realize until we start talking. They're like, wow, I really am like using this a lot. I'm addicted. I, I wake up and that's what I want. If I don't have it with me, I'm anxious. And I think another thing I like to talk about with these kids is like positive coping skills, because I've had so many kids tell me, you know, they deal with a lot of stress in their life. They want something to take away the stress. They want help with anxiety. They, you know, and so a thing I like to do is talk about healthy coping skills. And so like, what do you like to do if kids are like, they love sports, they love to be outdoors, they love to draw music, movies, like all of this healthy ways to cope and kind of get out of your mind for a little bit and get that almost natural high that you don't have to harm your body in order to feel this good level. I think that's a great idea. I think those are very important, even if it's not an addiction you're trying to overcome, but just having those coping skills, resiliency built up. So even if there is the pressure, like you're saying, all the friends are doing it and stuff, they have places to turn to, people, things. And I think that is one of the important things here. Even if you're not sports, like you said, there's so many different art you know, activities, programs. We have things in this town that I don't think kids realize that cover a vast amount of interests and that gets them away from sitting there and having that in their hand all the time. Right. And I always tell these kids too, because it's when I first start these presentations or when I go into the smart program or whatever I do, it's almost like they come in and they think I'm like there to punish them or I'm there to yell at them or scream at them or tell them what they're doing is wrong. That's not my approach at all. Mm -hmm. I'm there to be an outlet if I can. And I want you to feel comfortable. It's a safe space. I want you to be able to talk to me because there is kids who are scared and they want to know they want to talk. And I want to be that outlet and just help as much as I can and let them know that what they're telling me is I'm not going to get them in trouble. I'm not here to get you in trouble. I want to help any way I can be a help, even if it's just talking to you, if it's resources, if it's, you know, reaching out to like a trusted adult, anything like that. Like I want to see these kids succeed and get the help they need. So I think that's important to have somewhere to turn to that they do feel safe and they don't feel like they are going to be just bashed and, you know, especially someone that does understand addiction and how it starts and that, you know, it isn't something they set out to do. They wanted to try it. And like you said, all of a sudden, boom, with that kind of concentration, I can't imagine how easily it is to not put that down. I have friends that used a vape to quit smoking and then they did both and Mm -hmm. now they're vaping more than they ever smoked before. And it's just, it's amazing to me. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's crazy. Like you said, I know a ton of people too who have used vapes to quit smoking cigarettes and now they're 10 times more addicted to these vapes. And I've had friends who, you know, have quit smoking for periods of time, kind of gone back to it and quit. But like trying to quit vaping is so extremely hard for them. And the withdrawal is, you know, same thing. I mean, you're nauseous, you're sick, you're anxious and all that. And it's such easy access. I mean, it's just, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not like you can pretty much hit it anywhere. You can take them, you know, they're very easy to hide. They're very easy to get away with. So it's kind of that awareness of what is going on, especially in the schools. Like, I can't believe how much these kids are getting away with it. We need that education. We need teachers to know that this is happening, which I know everyone's becoming way more aware because it's just a rising problem, but just to know and be educated so they can do something. Well, I know with Butte Cares is uh, one of those organizations that we do have in town that are doing proactive things. And I know there's a couple schools out there that are looking into systems that will detect the tobacco and the vape. So I think mm-hmm. that is at least a start. Um, like you said, they're easily hidden. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen them as disguised as USB. So these companies are getting smarter. Oh, they're, yeah. they're helping kids hide these so they can still stay addicted. And if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about these companies, it's, I don't know what will. Right. I mean, they have them, like you said, the USBs. They have ones that look like inhalers, markers, erasers chapstick like you name it you can get that type of thing and it's so easy to access because they can get them online too all you have to do is click your 21 Mm -hmm. and if you have you know it's like the scary part about it right now is these products aren't fda regulated yeah you don't know what you're getting when you're ordering these online they can really advertise however they want and that's why i tell them like when i talk to the kids and most of these disposable vapes say five percent and i'm like that's actually 50 milligrams of nicotine and they're like they can't do that they can't and i'm like but they can Mm -hmm. and they do it's so sad because they don't care about you they don't they want a customer they want you addicted to these products so you'll keep they want to make money that's nothing about that is about caring about health anything it's all about money Yep, plain and simple, and they've already demonstrated that. But I think that point of when they can order it online and they just have to click a box and they're not even close to 21 Mm -hmm. and getting something from a different country that we have no idea what they are putting into that product is they do it without thinking, and that's the worst part is, you know, everything that it's adding fuel to the fire. I mean, you're giving, kids are giving themselves anxieties they don't need early on. And then who knows what else from these products that, that isn't nicotine. Right. And it's, it's scary. And what you can find out in such a short amount of time, what we're finding out, what are these long lasting health effects 20 years down the road from these? We Mm -hmm. just, we just don't know yet, but even in such a short period of time, it's so scary. The amount of stuff that is, and it's different stuff all the time. It's all like the chemicals in them and what they're causing in these lung injuries. And I can't even imagine what it'll be like 20 years down the road. So I have a question. I wonder if you'd know the answer to this. Um, just kind of popped in my head. So when you, like you said, you can basically vape anywhere. I mean, it's a little puff of vapor and then it's gone. I know with smoking, they had a huge campaign on secondhand smoke. I'm pretty sure that there's got to be some environmental factors of people around. And I know a lot of people do these around their children. Right and add in getting it from a different country. Well, just the basics of it is their environmental factors of other people in the room as well. Yes. So I actually talk about this a lot. It's very similar to secondhand smoke. There's secondhand aerosol, which is what 
is considered, you know, the mist, the smoke that's coming out of this vape as you exhale. Secondhand aerosol is just like secondhand smoke. So if you're, you know, say you're in a car with your child and you're vaping, they are being exposed to all those chemicals, the flavors, you know, the tiny like particles, the metal that's getting the stuck. metal shards yeah. I heard about. Yes. So all that, even if you're standing next to someone, all of that, and it has the same effects too. If you're smoking at your in your home. Like I know a lot of people, you can tell people who smoke in their home, you can smell it, all that. But like I said, with vaping, that aerosol sticks in the air for quite a while and it sticks to surfaces like carpets, couches. So that same thing that you're seeing from that secondhand smoke that, you know, you do see with vaping also. I like to hear that from you because you are a specialist in that. You know, you are someone that is a trusted resource you know I hear a lot of people saying oh it's harmless once it's out there and I always wanted I'm like I don't think so I mean in my gut I already knew there's no way that it just it's gone and dissipated so that's something I think people really gotta hear as well and understand that yes it is just like secondhand smoke you know I mean even when you're spraying perfume you can still walk away and come back and smell it well it's going to be the same effect and I think a lot of people don't realize as adults that it's a good good alternative right. for cigarettes. Yeah, well, no, it's not. No. The way they advertised it at first is safer alternative. So my big thing is they can't really tell you what's safer about it because they don't know. So I always try to say, like, safer does not mean safe. They might say it's safer, but that doesn't mean it's a safe product to use. Yeah, like, you might think that if you're vaping in your car and you have your kids in there, your friends, whatever, if you're in your home, you can smell it for a little bit and that smell goes away, but that aerosol is sticking on your surfaces. I mean, it's just like if you were to smoke a cigarette in your house, you know, that smell obviously doesn't stick around like if it were cigarette smoke, but it's the same type of concept they're getting away with it in schools and you know I watch people in stores that I go to and these are grocery stores it reminds me of when I was younger when everyone smoked Mm -hmm. in the stores yeah and that's been gone for so long but when I see that puff of smoke it's like you're in a grocery store and I look up and it's a teenager Mm -hmm. but I love that there are programs at the health department view cares you know through the schools, all these resources that we do have for these parents and kids to get ahead of the situation and really educate them on the actual truth and not what, you know, these companies are trying to feed them and have them believe. Right. So. No, it's just the more education, the better. And peer pressure is a huge thing. And I get Mm -hmm. that. And that's tough. It's always, you know, I mean, I was, I've been peer pressured a lot too growing up and it's hard to say no. I think just giving them that empowerment too, that your voice matters, your opinion matters. If you, you know, if a friend is trying to pressure you into doing something you're not comfortable with, maybe you need to reevaluate that friendship because a good friend wouldn't do that to you. It's about having power and all the knowledge at your fingertips because that can make all the difference. Oh, I agree. I think that's a great point. And I think with parents on that same note is maybe putting yourself back in that headspace. You were young once and how it felt when someone wanted you to do something. And maybe you didn't, but, you know, realizing that they are teenagers and that teenagers push boundaries. But it's the involvement, I think, there that matters most is to be involved, to ask the questions, to ask the hard questions to look at the phones. I mean, there's certain things out there that online orders, know what your kids are ordering. Mm-hmm. Look at that. I mean, they have every right to do that. That's scary that they can get those things ordered and delivered, even not to your house, but to wherever they'd like it yeah, to be delivered. Right. They just, like I said, they have so much more access 
things and places and it's just it's crazy and like social media is such a huge thing and they're so influenced oh every person on social media is vaping oh yeah and so that's a big thing tiktok is so huge and they go on there and there's all these tiktokers they look up to or influencers and they're using these products a lot of times because companies have paid them Mm -hmm. to use them and take videos have them in their pictures all this which they're not supposed to advertise like that but they still do social media is like it rules like it is what kids kids love social media there's so much access to it everything is on social media it's such a different generation now it's scary because these kids are exposed to so many things that- well, and they're living for the likes i mean that is mm-hmm. that that is where their society is now so if you are not on that bandwagon per se i think it is a lot more pressure than i felt than you mm-hmm. felt yeah. in school to you know, be a part of that group. It's a lot less in person. It's more of that TikTok and you see them and everyone, well, you got to follow those influencers. The TikTok trends, like... The trends are insane. I don't have TikTok and I will (laughs) ever get that, but I understand because, you know, you put, like I said before, your parents and adults need to put themselves in their headspace. What was the big influences for us? Mm -hmm. Well, we had movies, you know, Mm -hmm. we had TV, we had, you know, commercials there, but now it's, 24 hours a day they have a device that they live on so it's a very it's a very different environment Mm -hmm. even I'm guilty I'm like sometimes we'll find myself just scrolling and scrolling and I'm like what have I just been doing for two hours it's just crazy you just get sucked in so I get it social media is not real life all the time no you're a good outlet to have these children young adults whatever understand that there are coping mechanisms which in the you know, other sense, those aren't just coping mechanisms. Those are real life hobbies and things that they can build on throughout their lives that are more important than that social media. You're giving them other resources that social media platform may not be doing because you are here in this community. And that's an important thing is to get kids involved in this community that they're in, in real life. Right. Yes. And that's the goal is to get so much more going on in the community that these kids can do and pro-social things and like where they can connect with their friends and it doesn't have to be about that it can just be something simple and they can have fun and it's not all this peer pressure trying to look cool or doing this or doing that and just having options for them you know like community events like our color runs so awesome and it is such a great community event and that's but, a saint patty's yes, day so everyone yes. knows it's at stodden park right yes and at stodden park and i'm super excited last year it was so much fun i'm excited that it's at stodden this year because you know there's a ton more to do they have the playground there there's the carousel yeah. all that kind of stuff and there'll be more activities right and adult ones we're trying to get set up so that's yes. going to be another great addition and the adults had a blast last year i mean i can't believe they would come up to us and they would be like that was so much fun even the adults like getting sprayed with the color and doing the five like they loved it like mm-hmm. so it's not just a youth event it can be any ages yeah it's an activity out. for everyone that doesn't want to include the substance on right. that day, which is a tough one because we all love saint patty's day mm-hmm. who doesn't and butte's huge for saint mm-hmm. patty's day absolutely you know, like that's one of our biggest holidays but it's a great little activity for those that maybe don't want to partake in the other activities i think it's cool too that this year it's not uptown so it's kind of like completely away from that whole location 
So I think that might be good too. And you know, there's like I said, I'm I'm hoping for nice weather. I'm yes. hoping for some decent weather. Mm. We never know with butte weather. Just to be outside and have fun and you know, the run and then play on the playground. I mean, there's just a ton of stuff down. Well, there. I know they're working on getting crafting tables set yes. up. People coming in to do not just the run, but there'll be other activities. So stay tuned for the rest of that. Um that'll be coming out shortly on on our Facebook page. We'll be looking out for what other activities are going to be coming up, and we'll be posting those. So just a a quick summary. Um, Maybe if you could go over, you know, your phone number, how to get a hold of you, and maybe where to go for some of these resources if you're a parent or a kid. Right. So like I said, I'm Samantha Patrick. I am located at the Butte Silver Bow Health Department. My direct line is definitely the easiest way to reach me. I'm also always available by email too. My phone number is 406-497-5085. I will actually give you my email to link with the podcast and some of these websites I have, including DPHHS, the quit line info and all of that. But I... I'm always willing to help, even if you just kind of want to talk about resources, whether it be for the cancer screening program, for the tobacco program, I am always happy to answer any questions and get you started where you need to, you know, go. And like I said, I will link all that stuff and make that available so you guys have it. But if you want to reach out to me at the health department, I'll help in any way I can. So So another thing, I now what if there was schools or organizations that would like to get a presentation? Is that something you offer as well? Yes, I do. So I will really give presentations. I've had tons of just random people kind of reach out for random things. Like I've done sober living homes, just kind of talked about nicotine use because a lot of times, you know, nicotine use can kind of cause relapse, you know, it kind of once people get out and start smoking again, that can kind of lead to other stuff too. And so I've done sober living. Parents just call to want to talk. I've given presentations at dentists, health offices. I also have worked with local estheticians because they see women and and all that. So really, any if anybody wants any information, I'm always open. I'm willing to help. I'm willing to come talk however they want. So... Well, that sounds great. Well, thank you for being on Mining City Minutes with us. Um, This was really informative and educational, and I think for a lot of people that are going to be listening to this, eye-opening on just, you know, how many things we offer and how many bad things there are out there in those vapes and how important it is, like you said, overall education and prevention. Thank you for coming to our podcast. Yes, thank you guys for having me. I'm very fortunate. And I'm Lindsay Alt, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Mining City Minutes.